What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. The Spear presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this. What day is it? Monday. Monday evening. Recapping Florida State versus Notre Dame. This one went into overtime. What an insane weekend. We'll get all into it. But Florida State falls to number nine. Notre Dame 41 to 38. Late in the overtime. Gentlemen, with me this evening, Austin Vizier, our lead basketball writer. Down below, Nate Greer, lead recruiting insider. Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor. Everybody was in the stands, guys. First off, how was the weekend? How are we treating? I'm absolutely, I got a sore throat and I'm still half asleep. Well, I hope you don't have COVID. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, I think I think that was the best atmosphere. That's definitely the best atmosphere since Notre Dame 2014. Um, probably the best atmosphere I've been in, better than Miami 2013. Um, you know, some of it may be, you know, waiting for for two years to really be there to cheer. I'm sure that played a little bit of a part, but that. That crowd was phenomenal last night. Man, they they fed off the players. The players fed, fed off them. Great atmosphere. Great, you know, just college football game in general. Uh, hate that they lost, and I know there's no moral victories, but you know, that, that crowd last night, the atmosphere. Even, you know, I, I I got there a little bit earlier. You know, outside, and from the time you walk up, you just feel it was a different energy, man. It was a really good time. Um, I was more mad I had to walk back to the hotel because I couldn't find a cab or Uber. So walking back 2.2 miles to the hotel made me really mad <laughs> at 1 in the morning. <laughs> but otherwise, it, it was a good time yesterday. It, it was a really great game. I don't think any of us were expecting what happened. You know, FSU goes down big in the third quarter, 38-20. Everyone would be like, eh, you know, it's number nine Notre Dame. It's kind of what's supposed to happen. And they just came roaring back. You know, they they didn't quit. The students didn't quit. The fans didn't quit. And Florida State came back and made it a really entertaining game, um, much better than a lot of people were expecting. I'm um, I'm glad it ended up being an entertaining game. I came in with no expectations, and now I think we're all leaving with what well, feels like a little bit of hope for the rest of the season. That I think all of us, have, I think all Florida State fans were when it was 38-20 going to the fourth. Were like, this is over. You know, this game's over, you know. Yeah, because that team doesn't usually do that. In the last yep, yep. Three, three years, you, you haven't seen a Five team want to fight they back. That. Yeah. They haven't really done that since 2016 when, um, you know, when they, when they went to the Orange Bowl. And I think that was the last year you really saw a Florida State team fight. You know, 2017 was its own, own issues and, you know, had its own things going on, but – I mean that. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. Was they they, they didn't give up. They, they got punched in the mouth. They pushed through adversity, and they responded. And they had a chance to win the game. Like that, that just shows the culture's changed. And you know, even the coaches who didn't recruit these players, these players have now brought into the coaching staff just to have that performance. If you know, Florida State's going to struggle some this year. You know, you, you, you got you to be cautious taking something off of, of just that one game. You know, the Wake Forest game will be very indicative of what's going to happen, see if they can respond and perform like that. But it was great to see just the will, you know, just uh, 
keep punching back. It was awesome. I saw someone on Twitter say it's very reminiscent of the 2011 Oklahoma game. You know, it has this crazy atmosphere. You know, the culture's building, but it's not there yet. Like, they got close to winning, but they weren't exactly there. That's what this felt like. You know, everything was there for for Norvell to make a statement. He got damn close to making a statement. <laughs> um, but I, I, I came away very pleased, honestly. There, there's still things that need to be cleaned up, like some broken, some busted coverages, um, some play calls here and there. You know, 87 just kept – I swear, every time – Notre Dame needed to play 87 was open, whether it was an out, like a five yard out route, whether it's middle of the field, 20 yards, but otherwise, catches. yeah. Uh, and he should have had 14. He, he had three or four drops. I, I still came away very pleased. There, there's stuff to be improved upon, but overall, I think it's hard to be too disappointed. Yeah. I mean, you know, the end result was heartbreaking, you know, in the moment, but getting a chance to look back and revisit it, rewatch the game. I mean, Florida State, they played a hell of a game last night. I mean, And like you said, Austin, like you said, Nate, this team has quit, I mean, multiple times over the past five years when faced with adversity. And I mean, to go down 38-20 last night and then to, you know, get points on your next three offensive possessions, the defense shuts down Notre Dame, you force overtime. I mean, it basically went perfect for Florida State up until that that overtime possession on offense where, you know, things started kind of to go off the rails. But, I mean, regardless, a close loss to the number nine team in the country uh, the first game of the season, I think you've got to be really impressed with this effort. And if this is the Florida State team that we're going to see consistently throughout 2021, I think the outlook definitely increases. And it's important that they keep having this mentality. It can't be like after the UNC game last year where they – they actually show us something, and they just lay a dud the last six games of the season or however many games it was. They they have to keep up this fight. Like Nate says, so once once the team travels up to Winston-Salem to play Wake Forest, then we'll see what kind of team this is. But I got to appreciate the effort. Got to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That's going to yeah. be important not to have a, a hangover game this upcoming weekend against Jacksonville State. You know, Obviously, they're a team that Florida State should easily take care of, but – it's another thing. I mean, we've seen over the past couple of years, this team kind of plays to its level of competition. So I want to see Florida State, after this kind of emotional loss to Notre Dame, come out there and dominate Jacksonville State, frankly. They didn't even put a, a point on the board um, in their opening game this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Now, the team had fight. I'm just going back to first initial reactions to the game, the overall ex- experience, it was nice to be tailgating going on, jam-packed. I mean, the weather was perfect. It wasn't too hot. The sun didn't stay out the whole entire time. You know, heading into the stadium, you had F-16s warming up beforehand. You had all the bar- barstool people there taking photos with everyone. Like, I just felt like good to have that atmosphere back in Tallahassee and good for the local businesses. And then going into the stadium, like Nate was saying, I mean, the pregame was phenomenal. Everybody's watching the video board to see who was starting. The marching Chiefs had an incredible performance, both pregame and during the halftime. And the tribute to Bobby Bowden, I think, was one of the most emotional things that I've ever gone through inside of the stadium um, since I was little. I mean, that was so special. Uh, just all, all over, you know, the whole day, just emotional roller coaster, in my opinion. But the game, too, going on the field was just awesome you know that's that's what you think about Florida State staying close with a really talented team with Notre Dame and you know that's what you think about it Doke at night the crowd being there the students student section stayed in their seats you know 
even when halftime they stayed there and were staying loud. That's what you think of Florida State and Doe Campbell Stadium uh, under the lights, prime time. That's it, it, it did what it needed to do. Yeah, one thing I will say is, I mean, man, Florida State, they have got to improve the concession stands. I mean, last night, the line, the lines, dude, were absolutely insane. Like, I went, I went to go get a Powerade at halftime, and I got in a line of about 40 people. And there's like, there's four windows, but only two registers of the four were actually being used. So I didn't even know there hey. was a Bobby Bowden tribute until you just said something. I missed the entire thing. And then Eight. at the end of halftime, I was still 15 people deep, and I just left the line because of the third quarter was starting. But part of it was like a lot of the card readers were down. Like I went to get a water before the game, and they're like, yeah, yeah only one of our card readers is working out of five. I was like, oh, that's great. Hey, just here's an idea. In the game. Come on. Here's an idea. Take cash. They, they wouldn't allow it. Like They, they weren't accepting any like, forms of cash. No. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, the game. Let's uh, let's start kind of dialing in. Uh, so here, I'll put some stats up. Uh, I was gonna say, go back to that interception by Kyle Hamilton. Man, that was one of the best plays I've ever seen. He came over from the far hash. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, see that I interception was just phenomenal, dude. Travis shouldn't have lofted it, but uh, both no. of his, or two of his interceptions, like he just lofted it. Mm-hmm. And gave the defense a chance to run underneath it, but it was still an unbelievable yeah, yeah. play. No. So yeah, I mean, one Travis should have threw it like a second sooner. He was he was open, and two he lofted it, which gave him time. You know, he saw it, but that that loft is what. I mean, there we go. He, this this guy came over, so he ran like forty yards that across just be the field. Right, boom! I mean, just. I, and the question man. is, did he bobble that ball at all when he came down? Because I saw some people talking about it on. on Social media, yeah, they never reviewed the this. Ball might have moved. Uh, yeah, they should have reviewed it. And, and I mean, it's a heck of a play, but I mean, there's a lot yeah. going on right here. Diving catch on the sideline, coming See down his on foot. his chest. So I mean, did this move at all? Both knees are down. Yeah, the knees are down. I'm wondering if he had. But uh, I mean, but does he have full control when he goes to the ground? Does he maintain it? You can't tell from that angle. I mean, right there is hands under the ball. Sure, so. But did it move? If it moves at all, who cares? I'm just saying. At this point, it doesn't matter. It was a it was a hell of a play, regardless. They don't yeah. review that. But they review the the thing oh, at wow. overtime that cost yeah. FSU a field goal. So well, it's because Norville called. Well, we don't need to talk about that. Norville <laughs> called. If we talk about that, and, I'm gonna get pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I'm glad he took his helmet off though. That was a nice flag. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, there was a lot of plays where Jordan Travis wasn't just hitting his easy, um, easy throws to the flats. I was wondering, you know, there's a few times where Cameron McDonald would be open, easy first down there, and you know, I think Jay Travis just going for the bigger the plays should have been just easy, easy dip it, offs to the screens. Yeah, there were times where Parchment, I know he kept trying mm-hmm. to look, you know, Parchment was behind the secondary, and all he had to do was loft it. I know, and it, it would have been six. So I don't know what he's looking for. Uh, he missed. He missed running backs in the flat. I mean, he, he missed a lot of open guys, and we're going to talk about that in, in a minute. But mm-hmm. well, let's get into it. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, someone Carol put on here from Facebook, saying that she's very thankful for the transfer portal. Jermaine Johnson, guys, talk about him because wow, <laughs> number eleven is here. You know, the first half it was almost unstoppable, but Jermaine he, Johnson is here, and Keir he Thomas. lived lived in the backfield. Yeah. 
he was all over the place, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, he's just he's different. I mean, he's exactly what we expected. You know, coming in from Georgia, we thought he was going to have an instant impact on his defense. And one of the reasons he came to Florida State was that opportunity to to be an every down defensive end. And I mean, he flashed last night. You know, getting into the backfield, sniffing out that end around, getting a tackle for loss, constantly putting on pressure on a cone. I mean, just everything that you wanted mm -hmm. from him, he did. And I mean, even to the point, you know, he was he had he showed a lot of leadership out there on the field, and after the game as well, I, I thought he spoke like a leader. His presence is going to be absolutely huge for the defense this year. I, I think what maybe I'm not going to say it surprised people, but what I liked was how good he was in the run game too. You know, he's not just a pass rusher. Like, like he did a really good job anchoring and and just getting off the block. I mean, he did a, a damn good job. In, the whole defensive in the line, game. yeah, the whole defensive line. You know, not just the starters. The fact that they're they're too deep did well. You know, Kushan Fuller looks like a holy crowd, holy yeah. cow, a whole different player. <laughs> I, I almost said, I almost said the S word, but I didn't want to say that. Um, but no, he, you know, did, he, looks yeah. like, he looks like a whole different player. Derek McClendon had a lot of quality snaps. He played really well. Um, Robert Cooper played well. Jerry Jackson had a couple good, you know, a good couple good plays. Kushney, get he got off the edge a lot. He got some pressure. So, you know, even though too deep looked looked good, um, but but Johnson is definitely that dude. Yeah, no, he is. He's recorded uh, one and a half sacks. He has a he had a total of seven tackles, two solos. And, and two and a half tackles for losses. Deloach led the team on defense with tackles with eight overall um, and had a half tackle for loss. I think he's, I mean, Deloach looked good to me. I mean, it was good to see him when you get that first kind of start there and a primetime game like that. Um, that's huge. And I thought he played pretty well for what he was going against. And, you know, there's still some mm -hmm. things that need to be fixed there in the linebacker room. But, uh, you know, number 20, you know, impressed a little bit for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he had that. I think that bust that led to the first Notre Dame touchdown was on him. Um, after that, I, I, you know, I, I think he kind of evened out. And I, I like what I saw from Cortez Andrews too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I, I, I thought Gainer played well. I, I thought Lundy played played pretty well. Um, Dick, so I mean, that's going to be looks like it's going to be your rotation. Um, yeah, I mean, linebackers played okay. Yeah, I thought they were solid uh, against the run, but you know, just kind of those same issues in pass they're coverage. They're going where, after them. They're going after yeah. them in, in pass coverage. And I mean, as they should be. You know, we've talked about oh, yeah. it all preseason that the linebackers are the weakest unit on that defense, and they have a lot to prove and. Notre Dame certainly made it a point to test them. And, I mean, man, that tight end, Michael Mayer, he had a heck of a game. Yeah, he did. And it would have been better if he hung on a couple balls here and there. <laughs> yeah, he, no, that, well, that one drop, too, was – Yeah, that one drop at the that, end of the game. That, that they helped a lot. With the field goal right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, had, he had another drop on a fourth down where he would have easily been a first mm -hmm. down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he could have had 170 yards instead of the 130 or 125 he ended up with. Um, yeah. They obviously, we, I mean, we've talked about the line, linebacker unit enough all offseason. It's got to get cleaned up. I, I thought they would have used a little bit more safety help with Mayer. 
Um, it seemed they wanted to do more linebackers. Yeah, I was about to say, um, I, I, you know, I would have, you know, a Renardo Green or a J.B. Robinson. I know he was out the first half, but, you know, yeah. I, mm, yeah, I, I think I'll, you got to you got to have Dent back there for the for the, you know, playing the field. And I don't know if Gant's the right guy to put on him. You know, Dan Gant's more of a, you know, strong safety kind of guy. You know, I would have liked to see Renardo a little bit more in that role. Dent was fast last night. I was trying to think about, ah, damn, mm-hmm. 27 is running around everywhere. And he saved a lot, too. Saved a lot of first downs. He was fast coming from backfield over there on defense. Yeah, and, 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 and while we're on safeties real quick, you know, you got to get props to Sidney Williams. He played really well. Um, has mm-hmm. six tackles, I think, four solo. And, and he had a couple of sticks that were impressive. I know, you know, coming up, that guy coming across the middle, I mean, he just wrapped him up. You know, right to the ground. Um, I thought he played really well. I, th- I thought the secondary, you know, as a whole, played played well. Um, you know, minus you want to talk about Travis oh, J. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say it, that's one thing that's got to be fixed. Yeah. That wasn't so well to me. Both of those guys uh, in the right position, position, but in position, but I mean, it's that all was it's bad. all te- it's technique, man. Like you know, he's one of the most gifted players on the team. You know, physically gifted. It's technique. You know, he's got to play with technique. You know, he mistimed his jump and he loses on the 50-50 ball in the first touchdown. You know, he jumps a half second later. It's a pick. And then the second one, he didn't even get his head around. He's just. Yeah. No. And this thing's going to be fixed. They've poor. got the talent. Um, I'm glad that yeah. they put themselves in the position to be there and combat with it. I mean, that one, I mean, that was just hell of a catch. I mean, shit. Yeah. But, I mean, they're the in that position. One was, was, that, was bad. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff can be fixed, you know. But and, then on the and, other side, Jarvis Brownlee was yep. an animal, like especially in run support. He was mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Four I, solo tackles, six yeah, total. I don't, I don't think we hyped him up enough this offseason because he had a lot of good moments last season. But he's got that attitude that you love from a cornerback. He's got that typical Florida State DB mentality where he's just going to get in your face and be proud about it. Yeah, he believes in himself, and you know, after the game, I was usually stay there for a little bit. But he was on, I think, I don't very, very, very emotional on the field. I mean, it took him a little while, and a few staff yeah, members and players to, to come over. Yeah, yeah, a few of the he was just really disappointed, and he just believes in himself along with this this team too. But I, I was I was glad to see that, and this team was disappointed leaving the field. But we'll talk about that later. But um, I, 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 yeah, I want to throw one one little. I know it's one game and it's early, but you know. I want to throw a comp out there for Brownlee, man. Tay Cody, you know, under recruited, you know, just a dog mentality. He's not afraid to get his nose in there and in the run support, and he's going to fight you in, in pass covers, man. You know, who are you talking it, about? Brownlee. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, he's a dog. He likes to he likes to be physical too. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also important to note with the defense. Two of the touchdowns they gave up. The drive started on. Florida State side of the field mm-hmm. it's it's hard to be too mad at some of those the the first drive the the bot you had the botch coverage then you had the other one where you, where you gave up a, a long screen pass because you blitzed seven on third and 17 but that was other just than a that, great play call it was uh, a great by, play by call yeah I just I wish we didn't bring seven on third and 17 or 18 uh, or whatever it was um, yeah, I mean but other like other than that I, I wasn't too disappointed with the defense mm-hmm no, I mean, I 
is a lot a little bit different here. I mean, looking at some of the stats. Three uh, sudden change situations that resulted in 21 points. I mean, look it, at the rush it, defense. It always happens. But the, just the, the difference in the rush defense, you know, is last year versus this year. Was it, what, 260-yard difference? Yeah, and, you're, and people talk about I saw last night about the North Carolina game, and they're like, well, Florida State kind of did that last year. No, 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 no. The second half, that, I mean, that wasn't the case. I mean, this they kept mm-hmm. – the defense stayed the same this entire four quarters, which is nice to see. I mean, then on, on the other side of things, the pass yard is a little bit different, but at least <clears throat> in the rushing defense, I mean, that defensive line, let's talk about the whole defensive line overall. I mean, that is a whole – Complete 180 from what we saw last year. I mean, guys were just crunching down, allowing the linebackers to come in and stuff. But there was tackle for losses. The running backs had nowhere to go. There's containment for most of the part of the game. Um, and you go, it went to show. I mean, that what saved a lot of those drives, that defense to, uh, you know, get off the field quick. Yeah, I, I tweeted it last night and then this morning. Notre Dame had 65 rush yards last night compared to 353 a year ago. And, yeah. and a span of less than 11 months is an incredible turnaround. I, I don't think that can be stated enough. And then the nine tackles for loss and four sacks is the most in two years for Florida State against the Power Five or Power Conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's in one game against what's probably the best offensive line you're going to play all year. I mean, Notre Dame's had four offensive linemen go in the first two rounds, the last four drafts. Like, this is an offensive line powerhouse year, year in, year out. And it was a really impressive performance from the defensive line. Yeah, we expected Notre Dame to come in and really try to run it down Florida State's throat like they did a year ago. And like you guys have said, I mean, the defense stood up like something we haven't seen in quite a while. And to shut down that rushing attack, you know, of Kyron, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, two very good running backs who made a lot of big plays last year, it was very impressive. And I mean, you look at the stats right there. 1.9 yards per carry, longest rush of the night was only 12 yards. Florida State's defense did exactly what they wanted to do against that rushing attack, shut them down and make Jack Cohn beat him with his arm. And, you know, unfortunately, he was able to make enough plays for Notre Dame to do that. But rushing-wise, I, I think Florida State, they've got something to build on there. And we're just going to have to see if the communication between the defensive backfield and the linebackers can continue to improve um, against the passing attack. Yep. Uh, maybe let's go talk a little bit about the offensive side too. Now you talk about Jordan Travis and also Mackenzie Milton coming in. Jordan Travis had to leave the field because his helmet came off, but then came uh, Mackenzie Milton, and as you can, he see, got banged up too. Right then, he was little, he, Norvell he said he was dealing with calf cramps, and then once Milton came in, they just decided to sit, sit the rest of the game, so his calves didn't keep cramping up, but. It was pretty clear once Milton had that first twenty-two yarder that it was like, oh, we, we got to stick with this because we need we need yards fast. It worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no yeah. And I thought the tempo between Jordan Travis and, and Mackenzie Milton was a lot different. I mean, every every positive play or completion or, or whatever for Florida State, Mackenzie Milton was getting the offense right on the ball and, and getting them going again. Whereas I thought things with Travis were a little bit more slow and not not really with as much pace. I think part of it is Travis is still developing at diagnosing coverages, whereas Milton comes in, he just knows it. I mean, it to me, it was easiest to tell like as soon as the ball is snapped and it seems like Milton has an extra second or two because he already knows what he's doing with the ball. Travis gets the ball and he's looked like he, he sees that first read, then he starts to scramble, he's getting happy feet, then he's trying to extend the play. It, I, I think that's the biggest difference. 
the offense just had such a hard time sustaining drives, especially early. Uh, we, we talked about it in the production meeting. If it wasn't a three and out, it was Florida State was scoring in five plays, five plays or less. Um, I think they had, what was it, four three and outs mm-hmm. with Travis at quarterback. And then finally he had that the 15-play, 75-yard drive, um, late third, early fourth to get the touchdown, had that nice scramble. Scramble past the parchment, but it was it was so boomer bust early, and I I just we need to see more offensive consistency. Yeah, yeah, the points look great. Thirty eight points against the number nine, number nine team looks great, but it was herky jerky for yeah. a long time there. So uh, um, I I think I think I believe Norvell in the in the calf currents. I think it was after his sideline run. Um, there was a timeout in the. Uh, Milton was kind of starting to get loose and warm up, and the the trainers were working on. I thought they were taping something on on Travis's leg, but look, they were working on his calf, so it, it's quite possible that he was cramping up. But also, I I think that you know when he, when two that was a personal foul when Travis lost his helmet that should have been roughing the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, when, and that Milton hit, went that, in, I hit on Milton. Yeah. So. Yeah. When Milton went in, man, it, it was the flow of the, the offense changed in my opinion, you know, you know, as, as Austin said, you know, the offense was too boomer bust. You know, you have to be able to sustain drives and that's against not just Notre Dame, but that's any team. You can't just be so, either or you have to be able to sustain drives. And I think that's based off, you know, Milton's just a more experienced quarterback. As Austin said, you know he 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 he's just more experienced. Um, but I think that you know that that drive Milton what, what had the team moving. So why 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 switch it out? I think they were giving him a little bit of opportunity to see what he had, and they stuck with it. And what he he came in with a. Under nine minutes left, right? Like eight minutes, 54 seconds, I think, is when yeah. he came in. And, and that that comeback was quick. Uh, I, I just think that the offense looks better under under McKenzie Milton. Um, and and I, I, I know there's been people saying I'm, I'm, I'm bashing Travis and all this stuff. I just don't think that he's a, ready to be a full quarterback yet. I just I'm, – I'm not there yet. I, he has a role. Both of them have a have a role in this team. Travis is, is an important player for this offense, um, but I just felt overall that McKenzie Milton, when he came in, the offense just it, it picked up its pace. It moved the ball. He made better decisions. The biggest you know? the, the biggest standout to me was the the touchdown drive to get within three. You know, he held in the pocket and delivered a strike over the middle to I, I forget the receiver. I think it was Helton maybe. Where he just it put was, it in it right. Was he just it put it right over the top of the linebacker, but he stuck in and took a hit. We we didn't see Travis do that because as soon as he sensed pressure, he was trying to get out of the pocket. That that's what this team needs. They need someone that can just deliver strikes like that. And once he started doing that, Notre Dame had to respect the had to respect the pass, which they weren't doing all game. And once that mm-hmm. happened, then all the running stuff started opening up. Yeah, yeah. This, this offense is so much more multifaceted. In my opinion, when, when Milton's going like that, yeah, and you know, early on, you know, they're trying to screen stuff. 
you know, in, in the first quarter. I, I think that you know Norvell noticed just how 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 little they respected the wide receivers, and you know they were bringing the pressure, and I think that Norvell saw saw that, understood it, and tried to go screen game. And how many times did he overthrow the running back? Two or three times. And, it was two and, times and, in a row in that first quarter, and, and, and it was open like. You complete that pass, and that's going for fifteen to twenty. It's open, so you know just the composure, and that's all I'm going to say because you know we're a family podcast. Nah. Going back to Mackenzie Milton, though, I mean, I I really did think he made a couple of impressive plays. You know, he made that shovel pass whenever he was in traffic, looked like he was about to get sacked. The shovel pass was sexy. Down. Nah. Um, I think I think it was kind of like a botched play where either he went the wrong way or whatever, but he he just like tucked the ball down and ran it for, for a couple yards for like that seven or eight yard scramble, whatever it was. So I mean just his ability to to recognize things so quickly and then make the right decision. I mean, that's what Florida State is gonna need in this offense. And then, and you also have to point out his his throwaway on the on the botch snap. Yeah, he, he somehow just picked the ball up and throw it away. I mean, that's just that's something you don't get from someone that's not a fifth year quarterback. Like that that was imp- as impressive as anything else he did last night. Can we I talk mean, credit about to, that real quick? Yeah, but I just want to say like credit to the dude's yeah. moxie for coming out. You know, his first game in in like a thousand days or or whatever after this horrific yeah. knee injury. Coming in down double digits in the fourth quarter against a top ten team, and then just having the balls to nearly lead Florida State back in eight minutes. I mean, credit to Mackenzie Milton. I, I really do think if he would have played, you know, the entire second half or, or what you have at Florida State, probably wins this game. Can we can we go back to the snaps? You know, not to give away, you know, three up, three down. That's coming out, but man, that was how awful they were. Wow, it, it wasn't. It wasn't just the centers either. There was the lawn snappers as well. Like now, now I understand why this lawn snapper battle keeps going. It's because they, they they had at least two bad special team snaps from what I remember. One the, punt, one field goal. But there were six. Point, man, I think there were six bad snaps, in, in, you know, from Smith alone that were not just like a little off center. Like either too, like low to the ground, yeah. left or right. They're just awful snaps. Well, we had heard too going into this game and latter half of the fall camp that Marie Smith was a little dinged up. And that seemed to be true because you saw Bavion Johnson get into the game and it was just atrocious. I mean, the quarterbacks had to crouch down and you go to the right, left. I mean, couldn't take a damn regular snap. Yeah, I, I remember I remember early in the first when we're backed up against the end zone and Travis is leaning all the way to his yeah. right to catch the ball and then running left. Yeah. I'm like, man, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what, what was going on there. That's got to be fixed. I mean, Notre Dame had some bad snaps too. I mean, yes. I don't know if it was the maybe the field conditions or, or what you have. Nah, man. Both sides. Yeah. Those two fucked. Those two Beautiful fumble day. Luck, man. Uh, uh, Notre Dame had, had had fumble luck in the first half too. Those two, I think they were both dusting off bad bad yeah. snaps, right? Yep. So uh, to talk about running backs real quick too, I mean Jermaine or not Jermaine John, but Sean Corbin, man, we heard about his explosiveness coming back, but boom, I mean he was gone, gone, bye bye, and finally everybody got to see Treshawn Ward in person playing a real game. 
And hello, that's running back number two, in my opinion, right now. Mm-hmm. All three of the running backs look good. Even to Philly, who you didn't mention, mm-hmm. the the few carries he got, you know, you see he only got six carries. He, he looked good on those six those six carries. Mm-hmm. The, there was that one play in the fourth where it looked like Trayshawn Ward was pretty much dead to rights at the line of scrimmage, and he finds a little wiggle room, gets twelve yards, and that's that, what, that that play was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's what Dustin and I had seen in the spring scrimmages, and I just was waiting for people to see it in person, and it's nice to see it facing against a number nine country number nine team in the country and, and play like that. He, he is fun to watch. He makes, you know, plays out of nothing when it seems like yeah. there's nothing to mm-hmm. be gained. He's either, either fine for it or he's just dicing someone up and getting five yard gain or a first down. He's fun to watch. But so, I like how they had him in wildcat there in, re- in the red zone, because mm-hmm. that's how he is. He can dice off a few defenders and get in there. And it would look like easiness for him. That, that 89 yard touchdown by Corbin. I think that settled down the team. I think it settled the offense down because, um, you know, they're struggling early. I, I, I think that, you know, settled the offense down. You know, I think it settled down the crowd. You could tell the crowd was getting a little, yeah. a little antsy, but mm. um, what does it tell you that Ja'Shawn Ward was the running back late in the game? And it wasn't Corbin. It wasn't Tula Philly. It was Ja'Shawn Ward. So, you know, I think he was I, just a hot back at that moment. Yeah, but I, I think that they have a lot of confidence in him, and and that I firmly agree with Logan. Like he's now the number, he's the number two. And, it seems like it. Yeah. You no, know, I'm okay yeah. with that because he's a natural runner. You know, his, his patient, his vision, his ability to cut in the hole. You know, he he is. A little like Devonta Freeman, he really, he really is. Smaller yeah, stature, you know, just uh, you know, more powerful than you think, and, and he, he's explosive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's a shifty runner. He's very tough. He can break tackles, and I mean, he's just a workhorse. You know, this is mm-hmm. a guy that came into Florida State as a walk-on, earned a scholarship, and now is you know probably number two in Florida State's running back rotation so just to see the work he's put in and that it's all paying off i mean it's a heck of a story in itself there he is so he i love this right here so watch him allow for his blocker to take on this block and then this is the wild ward right here (laughs) wild ward i like it watch him let let this uh noted see take that block on Mm. take that then bounce Bounce it out, bounce it yeah. back. Yeah. And, and, and that was no waste in motion, full speed. That yeah. wasn't a stop and bounce out, stop, bounce back inside. That was full speed, one cut, loose hit. I'm, you know, just very natural running. God, I wish he would have pitched the interception to someone, like just make something crazy happen. Oh, uh, Travis J on that last play. Yeah, uh, he would have been the number try. one. Guy you, he would have been the number one guy you want to have that ball take it down. I thought. I wish he wouldn't have gotten tackled. It would have been ooh, lordy day. That place would have erupted. <laughs> I don't know if I'd have been able to do a podcast the next day. <laughs> I barely was able to do today. <laughs> but overall, gentlemen, last thing maybe wide receivers, offensive line. I mean, we're still going to wait on Gibbons and see. You know, he went down with an with an injury. Seemed like a leg injury. But overall, offensive line. You know, just kind of. I was like kind of a little nervous there in the first part of the game, but seemed to 
kind of get it going a little bit later on. And then wide receivers, you know, Andrew Parchman got a touchdown. McLean was out there. He's very fast. He's got to stay on the field more. Um, Helton took a big shot, as he usually does, and came down with it. Uh, I'm trying to think. Williamson was in there late. Yeah, Williamson was in there. Yeah, Williamson was the one that got that uh, the shovel pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was kind of surprised we didn't see Burrell on offense. Yeah. I mean, he's a. I mean, seemed like Florida State wanted to go with a lot of speed in this game. I mean, I, I know mm-hmm. Burrell is probably, I mean, not the, he's not going to be the fastest, but he's a physical guy. Just seemed like he had McLean in there. He had Douglas mm-hmm. hauling ass. Um, Helton's also a quick guy. They just were running a lot of speed last night. I think mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of Burrell. We're going to see a lot of Burrell in this Jacksonville State game this upcoming weekend. I just can't wait to see one-on-ones with him because the quarterback's going to have to give him a chance. And there's times this last night where there should have been shots taken for one-on-ones, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Definitely parchment. Yep. Yeah, looking down here at the stats, Keyshawn Helton. 53 yards, obviously. No Douglas's big play there, man. I didn't. I thought he was going to get caught or tripped up, but his speed. That's why the source that I'm talking to said, man, he might be one and one and two right there with Corey Wren. I mean, that speed after catching the ball and not allowing that DB to DB to tackle him. That was impressive. That was bye bye speed. Definitely uh, a little like disappointed the- with to to see Parchment only come down with one catch, but. I mean, yeah, we, we've talked about, yeah, we've talked about the quarterback struggles, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Like, I think that was the only time when he was throwing the ball, maybe two, three other times. But um, I mean, I thought the offensive line, yeah, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised with Darius Washington. You know, he looked a lot. He looked the best he's looked. Um, you know, you can't afford to lose Gibbons. So hopefully, it's just uh you know, something something small. Um, got to figure out what's going on at center. But, they, they you know, they got to get a little bit better at, at pass pro. Uh, I think the run game is going to be very, very good this year. Um, but you got to be balanced, so you got to figure out what's going on with the passing game because um, those, the receivers got open last night. You know, they, you know what's it? Cam McDonald had no catches, so you got to get him involved. Uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to sound the alarm yet there, but I, I think if you, you know, see what that see what Milton could do in an entire game and see if that impacts your offense, you know, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, really to me, the the biggest problem with the offensive line, at least from last night, was was the center issues and and not being able to consistently uh, create a pocket, and you know, things just you really get out of rhythm whenever you're having snap issues like that, getting behind the chains and you, you know, even the quarterback, you know, you never really know what snap you're going to get. So you're thinking about that before the play, like, is this going to be a good snap or not? And late in the game as well, you know, baby Johnson got subbed in from Reese Smith in that it was either the last drive or the overtime drive. I can't remember the play, whichever play it was after Gibbons went down and they replaced him, And then Notre Dame brought a heavy blitz that side the following play it was it was five on five but fsu's five only blocked four because baby on johnson went to the right instead of the left if he would have went to the left and picked up that blitz milton potentially completes a wide open pass across the middle to gam mcdonald mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So instead of a field goal, we're talking about a touchdown to win the game in the last minute. It's just little mistakes like that that are costing Florida State right now. I mean, man, they showed so much potential last night that, and you know, I remember when we did the season predictions, I, I said five and seven. If they bring this level of effort consistently, I, I'm instantly bumping that up to seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, moving forward, I mean, this team, and there's a lot to like from after last night, the fight, the courage, uh, that's mainly number one. And number two, there's a lot of talent everywhere, and the defense impressed me more. That was my number one concern going into this, and I know Notre Dame put up some points, but I think there's a lot of things that can be fixed. There was also a lot of mental and and just silly mistakes that were made on the field, penalty-wise, that that costed Florida State in certain ways. So I think Florida State, it showed this whole fan base, and I'm seeing you know the – the personality that they're showing right now and the attitude after that game saying, you know, this is, this is tough, but love this team. We're on, we're already thinking about Jacksonville state. You know, we have to get ready for that game. It was nice to see that kind of interaction that these players are having on social media and interviews and everything like that. And it was cool to see Jordan Travis too, while Mackenzie Milton was, you know, going down the field, playing well and also celebrating with uh, Mackenzie Milton and being there for him and supporting him, you know, that's something that you just love to see. And I, I like that those two are close with one another. Any last thoughts, gentlemen, before we uh, get off and get ready for Jacksonville state on Wednesday night here, two days away, Lordy day. We, we have no breaks this year. We are on to the Cox. Well, that is definitely crazy. I hope so. I really hope so. The game there, was a, I mean, there was one last comment about the tight ends. You know, I saw Jordan uh, Wilson a lot out there, and I thought for numerous times in the red zone they were going to use him. I just thought it'd be a perfect time. They would have even, never even known that he was going to go out there for a route, but never happened. I do think Norvell, if he can, they've got to utilize this, that tight end room too. That 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 kind of definitely. Uh, advances that offense a little bit more too because Cameron McDonald, man, I, I feel like he still has a big season ahead for him. And this is only one game, man. We got a lot, a lot more games than last year. It's going to be fun. There's a lot of optimism too. We got another late night next weekend, boys. Eight o'clock, even later than last night. Lordy day. Yeah, cannot wait. <laughs> Jacksonville State at eight o'clock. They could have just made that one at noon. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't, I hate noon games, but that's one where I'm like, I'm okay with that being done by 3.30. It works for me because I actually get to watch the game, at least most of it. You got ACC Network? Yeah. I got YouTube TV. Uh, (laughs) Hoping to pull a fast one on you. Yeah. But, guys, definitely appreciate this. It was just an instant reaction. Here we go live every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. We definitely appreciate uh, you know, all of you guys commenting and interacting with us. If you want to mind, if you're on YouTube, hit that like button. Uh, go ahead and subscribe too, so then you be notified every time we release a new video or episode from the podcast. If you're on Facebook, share with your friends. If you're on Twitter, hit that retweet button. And if you're listening on iTunes, feel free to rate five stars and leave a review. It definitely helps. But yeah, we're on to week two, gentlemen. We're already there. It's Monday, so we're on to week it. two. We're on to week two, baby. What did I want to say? Nothing. Just keep going. <laughs> We're on to week two, not against what you said earlier. So, but yeah, thanks guys. Thanks everybody for watching and uh, we'll talk to y'all in just a few days. Bye.